0: The Sparks Museum podcast is made possible by a grant from the Nevada Humanities and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The podcast is just one of many new features of the Sparks Heritage Museum. To learn more, check out our social media channels or our website at www.sparksmuseum.org. Hello and welcome to the Sparks Museum podcast. I'm your host and the media manager for the Sparks Heritage Museum, Jessica Johnson. Today on the podcast, I sit down with Councilman Donald Abbott. As a Sparks High School alumnus and proud railroader himself, Donald speaks to the Alumni Association, his role on the committee of the Sparks High School Hall of Fame, and some of the efforts that Sparks High has endeavored throughout its over-century-long history. Without further ado, please welcome to our podcast, Mr. Donald Abbott. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: So the first thing that I would love to know is what is your personal history with the city of Sparks?
1: Yeah, so I I grew up here in Sparks. I've lived here my entire life, all 32 years. Uh, You know, the joke that I've lived the longest I ever was in Reno... It's the one day I was born at St. Mary's Hospital, and the rest has been here in Sparks. <laughs> uh, I grew up, I went to Little Bear Preschool, right there on Pyramid, Green Ray Elementary, Dilworth Middle School, Sparks High School. Um, definitely a product of the community, and this is home.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about your alma mater, Sparks High School. So, yes. it's one of the oldest schools in this area, correct?
1: Yeah, it's the oldest in Sparks. You're um, next to Glendale Schoolhouse, but obviously, Glendale's not used anymore. Uh, but Sparks High School is the oldest school. It was built in 1953. Uh, first graduating class was 1954. Uh, you know, it's the oldest in the valley is Reno High uh, by a few years, but Sparks is our oldest. And
0: in its long-standing history, what major changes or developments has the school seen?
1: Yeah, well, the school has definitely grown from where it once was. Uh, you know, when it was built back in 1953, it was built off um, using some bonds. It was about 850 thousand dollars, which is about 9.3 million dollars in today's numbers. Wow. Um, and you know, the high school. I got everything, it evolves. You know, there's, um, you know, from when the school was built, it was built because of a population need. There wasn't enough schools to take care of the current kiddos that were around. Um, when this new school was built, they changed the, um, I, I'm gonna call it the process for the kiddos to go through school. So I went to a 444. So it was kindergarten through fourth grade. Um, and then you had fifth through eighth grade. And then the Sparks High School itself was ninth through 12th, which is what it still is to this day. So, you know, things changed definitely over the years. Uh, the high school that we currently have is not the original high school. The original one was located over at uh, 1450 C Street, which is where the courthouse currently sits. Mm. Um, when that school, when the original high school was there, um, that eventually turned into junior, the junior high school. When Sparks High School, the new school, which when I say new school, that's what we currently have when that was built. So they repurposed that, and then obviously the Old, old high school is not there. We have a courthouse there now. So wow. lots of changes, definitely a lot over the years.
0: And during your time being involved in the school and the high school, have you seen any major changes or developments recently?
1: Uh recently. Um, you know, I think of I know an elevator got put in at one point. I think that was in my earlier years. It might have even been before me. I don't legitimately remember the elevator. But I, I know the elevator's there now, and so to help with ADA, so we have it's two stories, and so we have to be able to get you know the kiddos that are, aren't able to take the stairs to the second floor. Um, that's a change. Uh, we have the flagpole, so the flagpole is a great story. Uh, the original flagpole would be more closer to the school off of 15th Street, um, and now the flagpole is still on 15th. Um, or I, I said 15th. I'm sorry. it's, it's 12th Street. The school's on. It's now closer to the actual street because the old location, the trees eventually grew, like all trees do, and blocked the flag. So you couldn't see the flag from the street anymore. Oh. And one of the previous classes, uh, Craig Gustafson is a um, Sparkside grad. He led the charge. He's a, a Marine Corps veteran, and they raised money, put the flagpole out closer. And We actually do a, uh, a flag ceremony every year where the 50th, Whatever class is celebrating their 50th re- uh, reunion, it uh, goes out, retires the flag, they put a new one up, and then the incoming um, class would be the one to supply, and the old one gets it, like the class of 51, or whoever's celebrating the 51st anniversary would get the old flag. So it's kind of a cool little getting the, getting the alumni back into the school and getting nearby and starting the year off right.
0: It's amazing. And speaking of alumni, um, I'd love it if you were able to speak to the alumni association. So, how long have they existed, and what are some of the uh, facets that they, yeah, they yeah, work
1: with absolutely. So, the alumni association has gone in um, some small waves. Uh, you know, going back to 1999 is when the very first association meeting happened, and the whole point of that um, was to start a um, to start a grand reunion. Uh, Keith Odell was um, uh, definitely a leader of that. Got a group of alumni together and they started doing grand reunions. And that grand reunion is just all years of graduating classes from Sparks High School can attend. So we had two, one in 2000, 2004, 2008, and 2012. And they were talking about doing one in 2016, but the numbers were just declining from the very first one. And just put it in perspective, the very first one in 2000, you had 900 people reserve or made a reservation, 1300 people showed up. So they had 400 more. And then in our most recent one back in 2000, uh, 2012, we only had around 229 people. And Mm so now, uh, so with that, the association kind of was fizzing fizzling away in 2016 ish, 2015. Um, That's when I started getting involved with the association and, um, there's a great group of, of alumni members, but I was definitely by far the youngest on that board. And thankfully um, I've been able to get some of my other uh, younger friends involved. And it's not just all young people at all, but we have an association now where we're trying to get our nonprofit. We're trying to get everything kind of breathe that fresh air back into the association. Um, it's been around, but we didn't do too much besides doing annual Christmas dinner and be a part of the Hall of Fame ceremony and helping with that process. So it's it, we're, we have a good group of people that they are 100% involved, want to give back to Sparks High School, give back to the students, you know, we're all railroaders and that's something that's important for all of us alumni. And eventually we would love to do a game reunion. We were talking about doing something, you know, probably more low key for next year, but starting to bring people together, starting to show people, hey, you know, Sparks High School is still a thing. We can use your money. We can use your time. We can use whatever you're willing to give us to give back to the high school. And so we're doing. We made some really good progress, and literally this year, this year has been phenomenal for us for our association to really get back on its feet. And we have a vibrant board that has some diversity, um, you know, from age, from backgrounds, just everything. So it's pretty exciting. It's an exciting time for the association.
0: So the Sparks Museum has a collection of yearbooks from local high schools in the city. And proudly, we have the very first yearbook from Sparks High in 1917 that okay. anyone can come in and view um, these yearbooks in the library that we're currently building right now. I think that it's so interesting in, in looking at these yearbooks, when you really go into it, because the earliest one has poetry and literature from the students, um, drawings of the the original building that they were in, and local ads, too. That it, it, How little is different than the yearbooks today? I mean, there certainly are some big changes. It's been a hundred years, but... Yeah. It's really interesting. Can you speak to some of your observations of these yearbooks?
1: Well, you know, the businesses, they're still there. And that's one of my favorite parts of just looking back from a, just a historical side to see, you know, say even Butcher Boys. Butcher Boys was around when I was in high school as well as many years prior. But now it's not. And well, it's still, there's still Butcher Boys in Reno. But the Butcher Boys location in sparks that would advertise in our, uh, in our yearbook. And it's just neat to see those old spots. And it's history. We're literally, it's. The history book now. End of the day, the yearbook is, and seeing the photos, you know, seeing people's different hairstyles and you know those things. Everything goes in waves. You know, we can see that now. Um, we still have. I, I I couldn't say in my yearbook that we have poetry, but I know there's some there's some creative stuff in there, no doubt at all. Um, and you know how the process to make the yearbook. I was not on the yearbook committee by no no means, um, but I remember talking to someone who was uh, just two weeks ago. Is at a an function and she was telling me how. The process of for them to get those photos in. They weren't doing it on a computer. There's no computers around. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, that was, that's a lot of work to do it just to do one page, let alone 200 pages or whatever they ended up doing. You know, and now we can do everything online and we can, you know, if I don't like, if you don't like your photo, we can change it like that and move on or we catch an error. You know, we can spell check right Right. there. Back then, you're spell checking with your mind, which, that's not the job for me, for sure. <laughs> um, but, it's, you know, it's, it is neat. Um, I have a great memory of actually being at the Sparks Museum on um, a Saturday shift and I used to work on the one-to-fourers. And it, it was a slow day. And I was like, I'm going to go grab a yearbook. And I just grabbed a random yearbook out of, out of our gifts uh, gift store. And it happened to be Gino Martini's yearbook. And I didn't know what year he graduated. I honestly at the time didn't know really who Gino Martini was besides he was our mayor. I always remember flipping through and seeing Gino, and just seeing all the things that Gino did, and had no idea. You know, I could have asked him; he could have told me a hundred percent. But at that time, Gino, I didn't know who Gino was. Gino didn't know who I was, and it was a fun time just looking at our current mayor and seeing what he did at Sparks High School, um, all because of the yearbook.
0: Well, and it's so exciting too because yearbooks in general are this moment in someone's life where you're excited to go on to the next chapter and begin your career or whatever mm-hmm. the next chapter is so especially with some of these notable alumni too to see this was really the onset of their achievements yeah yeah
1: and you know looking back at you know at yearbooks there, are you know there are a moment of history right there and we're able to look like I, I'm i probably the only person because my current title being the president of the association, where I keep my yearbooks. Like I have my four, I use them as references more often than not. Uh, you know, we're able to capture who graduated what years and you know all that information that you know eventually kind of does get lost or we forget. You know, there's people like oh, you graduated with me or were you a year older because you know in high school things kind of blend together. Right. So it's a great yeah, it's a great tool and. Uh, for all of us, I think it's fun to read those notes, even if they're not our notes. Especially at the museum, <laughs> where we have people that donate yearbooks, it's kind of cool to read what what they were writing, you know, back then compared to now. Um, you know, some of my notes in my yearbook, yearbook, I would rather my parents not see. Compared to back then, they were much more appropriate comments, to say the <laughs> least. You know.
0: Yeah. I know that um, in our display case that we have dedicated to uh, Sparks High, that there is a skirt from, I believe, I can't remember exactly what year it is, but that one of the alumni had someone sign her skirt and then went and after the fact embroidered everything that everyone had written. And it's such a cool feature. Yep. To check out.
1: No, super, super cool. There's a lot of cool things in that little exhibit for sure.
0: Now, speaking of alumni, um, it is my understanding that you have served on an induction committee for the Sparks High School Hall of Fame. Can you talk about some of the notable alumni and a few of the individuals that you've had a part in honoring?
1: Absolutely. So I was um, privileged to serve in 2015 and then again in 2017 and to this day. So a lot, I guess six years, once we serve, once I have this year, it'll be six years total and the best part, there's so many great parts, but one of them was when in 2017, or 2015, I'm sorry, uh, we had Chuck Siddle. Chuck Siddle was a Dilworth, uh, un- Dilworth, Sparks Middle School uh, teacher, um, coach, just very involved with those kiddos. Um, and he, he's classed in 1962, so that year that we inducted him, I was the Hall of Fame liaison for the alumni for him. Just make sure that the whole process goes smooth. Uh, that process is... There's the kiddos at Sparks High School write out a little bio about him, make sure we get a photo of him currently or somewhat more recent, and then his old photo um, back in high school. And we put it together. And I'm just, you're trying to just make sure everyone, everyone talks to the right people. And so I got to go to his house, talk to him, and he was telling me how, you know, they started a scholarship for his class. Um, That was, you know, 2015. I graduated in 08. So in 2018 would be our tenure because of his conversation telling us about how uh, his class started a scholarship on their 20 year mark, we started one on our 10 year mark. Mm-hmm. And so literally the hall of fame, we're recognizing a lot of great people, but you know, that was a moment that allowed me to knock a guy's house, knock a door of a guy's house. He welcomed me in. He told me some cool stuff about a scholarship and we planted a seed. And now we continue our scholarship and, you know, it's small things like that, that I'd love you. The, the hall of fame, there's obviously a ton of really cool people in the, in the Hall of Fame, um, and I'm, I'm there's so many, so if anyone's listening, I forgot your name, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I Definitely kind of pick some people that I know personally and that I've enjoyed. Uh, so like I said, we already had Chuck Siddle. Uh, we had Gino Martini, who if anyone knows you know yeah, that goes without saying how great of a person he was, or is still to this day, longest serving mayor. Um, Lamern Kozlowski was my lifelong neighbor across the street. She was on PTA boards, president, Did. I think she has three Sparks High kiddos or four that went to Sparks High. 100% love Sparks, or probably just as much as me, if not more. Um, Patty McClellan, she she does a, th- a program called Read for the Ride, and so Read for the Ride is where kiddos they can they read books, they get they get entered into a raffle, and they can win. There's two cars. The city of Sparks does donate one of those, and they buy one uh, the Read for the Ride uh, nonprofit, and they refurbish it. And you know, we're not talking like. Putting in fancy rims or anything, you know, we're doing oil changes and getting a nice car, a nice car to drive to school and whatnot. Um, and like this year, the kid, one of the kids that won was a freshman, doesn't even have a driver's license, but at least they're ready for a car when they when they get to that point. And you know that that program, I've been fortunate to represent the city and pulling those tickets. Or I remember one year there's a girl that won that their family didn't have a car, wow. and winning that car you know, that's life changing to have a vehicle now. Gifted to you because you read books, which we should all read books 100%. Yeah. And so Patty definitely, she also helps raise money. And they, um, uh, the Block S program, which Block S at Sparks High School is something that fizzled out. It wasn't around when I was there, but it was prior to me, it was. Uh, Greg Shigar, who I'll talk about later, um, he, uh, he's also a Hall of Fame member. He, <laughs> some energy into it. And the Block S program is made up of athletes at Sparks High School that are not just athletes, but also academics leaders in their, um, you know, in their classes. And they go out and they bring books to kiddos that feed into the elementary school, read them, and then let the kids pick some books. And we're really trying to, you know, help get kids younger reading. And so it's, you know, reading's cool. So (laughs) Patty, shout out to Patty. And uh, since I just brought up Greg, Greg Sugar, I was very fortunate. I was able to nominate him to be uh, to be in the Hall of Fame, and we got him in. A Sparks, I grad. He works at the high school. He's a registrar. He was my football coach, and he's also in the Alumni Association. Uh, everyone calls him, some people call me Mr. Sparks, but the real title is Shuggy. And I, <laughs> Shug, if he listens to that, he'll probably be mad I call him Shuggy, but I love him dearly. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's him. And then kind of going back in time a little bit, we have Keith Odell. Like I said earlier, he's started the Alumni Association. Um, you know, he did, uh, Sally passed away last, I believe it was last year, but he really got everything started. When I got involved, he, uh, uh, not just metaphor or metaphorically, he actually passed me a baton. We got a Sparks High School baton, we all signed it, and he passed that on to me when I became president to, con- to continue what we already had, what he already got started. And then uh, Janice Bria, she's my English teacher, uh, Sparks High grad, and she taught at Sparks High School. She worked the chain gang, I think it's like 40 years or some 30 or 40 years. She's been working in the chain gang at Friday night football games, just moving the, the 10 yard yardage thing down oh, wow. back and forth. She doesn't miss a home game there. And <laughs> she helps a ton of things. Amazing human being. Uh, John Mayer was my principal at, at Greenbrae Elementary, longest serving councilman, was 17 and a half years. Um, also a Sparks High grad. One thing that John did that I th- was amazing is he went to every home game at Sparks High School, volleyball, basketball, football, baseball. He would show up and cheer on those kids. And he was a school board trustee after his uh, term at council, and he just he loved kids. He loved Sparks 100%, and he loved Sparks High School. Um, I only have a few more, but uh, Dennis George, um, he was a quarterback at Sparks High School. Um, definitely large involvement in the Alumni Association. He was one of the original members of that whole association and he was one of the final ones to kind of pass on the baton to all of us when we have a kind of a new board. And so definitely a rock star there. Alf Sorson, um, you know, because without saying, we have a community center dedicated to Alf um, and just his service to the city, you know, definitely a good person there. Tip Whitehead, I know a lot of people would be mad if I didn't mention Tip. Uh, but Tip was a coach for the football team, basketball, track, and he is 100% credited with the football dynasty that we had at Sparks High School um, back in the day, and we have our athletic complexes at Sparks High School dedicated to Tip. So um, I think that's everyone I probably missed. A, there's no doubt that we missed some people because we started in 2002. It was the very first year, and we're obviously doing it this year again. We did miss one year during COVID, um, but we have a lot of – you know, we average about four to five people a, every year, so – you know, on math, that's around forty, fifty people, I think, in there. So, wow, or even more, yeah. Going back in time a little bit, back when I was saying the you know, the school was built in 1953, uh, so prior to 53, actually in 1951, we had the Sparks School District, and I'll elaborate on that in a in a second. So we had it wasn't the Washer County School District; it was its own its own little district, um, and that was you know. I couldn't tell you, I don't know when it was formed, but all the schools were separate. So we had Sparks had their own, Reno had their own, and then elsewhere, obviously, other parts of the state had their own too. And so that school district, there was three board members. Um, At the time, uh, in 1951, it went from three to five members. And so we had Archie Clayton, who was our president, Miss Agnes Risley was the clerk, Mrs. Agnes Crosby, John P. Caparo, and Frank F. McStoker. And then a name that I think a lot of people remember is Proctor Hug. He was our superintendent. And kind of a fun fact from Proctor is he actually served as the principal and the superintendent of the old Sparks High School, and the old one was the one over where the courthouse currently is, in a dual role from 1938 to 1950, which I think it's impressive that we had, if you want to just put a principal for 12 years or even a superintendent for 12 years, but he did both roles for 12 years um, helping our community. That's impressive. Yeah, super neat, and yeah. you know, it was obviously forever known with the high school. Now, you know, we have Proctor Hug for definitely. He did a, a lot of great things. Another another little factoid about him is at the time when the new school was built in '53, there was he had no administrative staff, so no secretary. He was a one man show wow. doing dual roles here, um, and then that same that same year uh, they increased staff from seventy three to eighty because of the additional additional students that were coming in. And I just put in perspective kind of the, the student population. In 1953, there were six schools located in the Sparks School District, and they were serving 2,209 students um, mm. in the Sparks community. And then the legislature, um, they did make a change um, a few years after the new school was built, and it was right actually right at that same time, and they consolidated the county. So we have Washoe County School District now. Um, but uh, I remember talking to an um, an alumni who he graduated from the Sparks School District. He was very proud to say that, and it's like this is awesome. If you have your diploma, you know, can you send it over? Well, he did. Little did he know, it actually says Washoe County School District because he was right in the process of switching over to the um, to the whole Washoe County School District. Oh wow! Um, but he actually graduated from Sparks School District. His report card says Sparks. I believe it says and so is in the, he's in this like weird transition period where you know they know that it's coming and so they're planning for it so he should he is from the Sparks school district but on paper it says Washoe County.
0: Now in thinking about the other high schools that of course there's going to be rivalries between sure. the different high schools and you are of course a proud railroader so what would you say that the relationship between Sparks High and the other Two high schools in Sparks. Yeah, are
1: like. and so I'm gonna take it back a little bit further. So at one time, Reno High School and Sparks High School were the only two schools. That was it. That's the original rivalry, and I have heard, yeah, those games, those football games, basketball games, we are very, very intense on the field and off the field to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we we don't play them much. They're in a higher division than us uh, now, with um, just population stuff, sure. but uh talking you know Dennis George when he was quarterback he I just c- called him yesterday to pick his brain on a few things that we talked about today and he reminded me what year that they you know that they beat Reno. Like he knows <laughs> those games. He knows you know the proud of those things. Um and that that was an important that was a rivalry that you know you could lose your whole season but if you beat Reno life was okay. Or <laughs> you know vice versa for sure. sure. Um and then now you know as you know the world continues to grow uh, Reed High School became our ri- our next rivalry. Um, you know, it's in Sparks. It was uh, built a little bit after Sparks High, and that rivalry. I've heard some crazy, crazy stories there of they would burn letters in each other's fields, oh. like they're like <laughs> before homecoming, and some things that are just very, very intense, let's say the least. And so that was a rivalry that was live for a while. Um, when Spanish Springs High School opened, I would say that rivalry. Uh, the rivalry between Sparks and Reed kind of went away because Spanish Springs took a lot of our kids and mm-hmm. we just weren't competing at, we didn't have the, the population compared to Reed to be competing at what, you know, they were in 4A when I was in high school and we were in 3A. So that rivalry kind of went away. Um, I think we're all just friends at that point, really. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we have ri- we have rivalries with schools outside of the area now, but it's not so much a battle um, I will say, for soccer, our soccer program plays up in 5A, and Reed is in 5A. 100% of all games I want our soccer team to win, um, that is a game that is number one to me. Because to, a lot of my friends are Reed high school grads. And, sure. You know, I, I know we had, like, Scott Carey on here earlier. You know, it's fun to be able to poke fun at each other. And that, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's just like our football team, our NFL football team winning or something like that.
0: Absolutely. Now, when you attended Sparks High, what activities were you involved in? What was your favorite aspects of attending Sparks High? Favorite yeah. subjects, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, freshman sophomore, I played football. I had never played football prior to high school. I got involved. That that was when Greg Shigar was my um, was my coach. Um, I'll, I'll brag for us as sophomores, we went undefeated that year. So that was kind of cool. To be a, I was starting um, left tackle, so an offensive lineman. I said no idea what we were doing, but Shug was an amazing human being, amazing coach, and we did really, really good. Um, I went, you know, so sophomore year, I ended up getting a car at the end of the year, got a driver's license. I decided I wanted to start working in summers. By working in summer, you know, it's hard to do summer weights, you know, double days, triple days. And I had a job that was in heating and air conditioning, and it's busy in summer. And so I ended up switching from football, and I went to tennis. I played oh, wow. tennis as a junior and senior. Hands down, some of my best times ever. <laughs> ever it was it was fun. You know, Marsha, she's still at Sparks High School. She was the assistant coach, and it was just a good time. It was a lot less running, and as kind of a, <laughs> a lazy junior senior, that was important to me. Um, but I also got my weekends off and I got you know summers off. When I say weekends off, I still worked. I just didn't play sports. Sure, so, sort of thing. So that wasn't that was, was something I was involved with. Besides that, I wouldn't say I have a regret. I don't regret anything in my life. Is it whatever all of our choices got us to this point that we're sitting at here? And I love life. I do. You know, I won't lie. You, it would have been pretty cool to be involved in some other clubs. Um, just some other extra. You know, you know. I just went to school and I went home, sure. for the most part. Um, and seeing, seeing some kids participate in programs and just clubs now. Man, that that would have been cool, hundred percent. Um, so. Yeah, that was where I was at. I wasn't a, it was more of a class clown. I wasn't the student body president. Um, I won best hair with my luscious. I had like surfer hair. I would do the hair flip. <laughs> my luscious locks.
0: Well, but. you're certainly involved now. You have a very active social media presence, and you are all the time supporting Sparks High School activities and sports. Yep. Um Yeah. So can you give us a a rundown of some of the ways in which you volunteer and support these days?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So something that I started a little bit ago is we made a Facebook group page. So as much as I post on my, like, personal and those social medias, there's a lot of stuff that actually a lot of people don't see unless you're alumni, unless you're in that group. Um, And so, you know, we're always recognizing the kiddos. And, you know, we just had actually City Council, we recognized some track uh, state champions. And so you get those kids out. And then there's also, you know, there's funding needs. Like, we had a mural in front of the high school that needed to be replaced. And we raised, I think it was like twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars $2,300 in 40 hours just from alumni. And, you know, they weren't writing, you know, $500,000 checks. You know, there was some 20s, some 50s. It was, you know, more quantity over quality sort of, or you know, size of checks sort of thing. Yeah. They're all quality checks, 100%. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, but things like that were... We help fill a gap with, you know, the school has a need and obviously the kiddos have a need and we try to help fill that. So, you know, going back to the association, we have an interest, um, we haven't made any full commitments yet, but where the alumni could have a goal of at the Christmas dinner, we want to raise so much money so we can buy X amount of gown, caps and gowns for the kids or yearbooks or, you know, things like that where we can... Have a goal where we can get back. So we are not just getting together to eat dinner and and talk to each other, but a goal where open up your pocketbooks, we're gonna make a change in the class of 2023. It would be. Wow. Yeah, there's lots of ways. (laughs) Lots of ways. (laughs) Well,
0: it's so great to see such an active alumni base that is so willing to support. I feel like that really goes hand in hand with the sheer amount of history that the high school has. I'm an alumni of the newest high school in Washoe County, Damani Ranch. Mm-hmm. And there's just no opportunity as of yet until we're over a hundred years old, yeah. <laughs> where I feel like there would be that level of care and concern from an alumni base.
1: I know hundred uh, percent. And that's something, you know, we have classes that could graduate in 1909. Obviously no one's alive from that class, but <laughs> we have a, a long list of alumni compared to, you know, Reno high school is the only other school and Bishop Minogue, Bishop Minogue has a very strong alumni there too. Um, but it, it's hard to, you know, I talk to my friends at Reed High School. There's not an alumni base there, Spanish Springs. You know, they're trying, definitely trying to get something going. But we're very fortunate here at Sparks to have what we have. Um, you know, putting on my city hat, putting on my campaign hat, actually, that's one of my best icebreakers at a door is, hey, I'm a Sparks high grad. And it sounds silly. It sounds silly like looking if I step out in a way looking at it, it does not sound like a normal thing to list your high school that you went to on a campaign flyer, but that hands down people are, Oh, I went to high school there or my cousin or so-and-so went there and we have something to talk about something relatable and we can, and then, yeah, that allows me to also convert them into alumni, um, alumni association members or to get involved about what we're doing at the high school too. So it's, uh, you know, one of our sayings, um, once a railroader, always a railroader, which I hope everyone that's listening that's Sparkside grads said that with me. It means more than just those words. Those are it's it's community. You tell me your sparkside grad, there's a level of respect that you just gained right there. We have we have a connection and at Sparks High School, you know, there's for sure there's some clicks like every other school, but it wasn't it wasn't like a solid wall between each other. I could you know, I have 140 classmates in my graduating class. I could tell you probably about 110 of their names right now. Like a lot of us just knew each other. We hung out with each other. We, you know, we had our own little group of really good friends, but we, it wasn't war against the other person that we just, you know, they're in a different, different clique uh, compared to, you know, I know Reed High School. My friends, they just stayed in a circle. Sure. I name drop them. I'm like, oh, you want to Reed? You know, so-and-so. And they're like, I have no idea. And I couldn't <laughs> imagine. I could tell you classmates and juniors sophomores freshmen I remember I was a student aide for the eighth grader there's an eighth grade Spanish class I could tell you that some of those kids names all the way through and even you know upperclassmen over me when I was younger that it wasn't just standoffish we were one we one community when we were in high school and even more now that we walked walked those halls
0: and in your time volunteering and working with the student bodies today do you feel that's still largely the same
1: yeah you know it's... It's still there, and that's that's the goal. Of, it, there's something special about Sparks High School. You can, you can talk to the teachers that that are there currently. They'll tell you there's something different at that high school than any, anywhere else. Um, you know, we have a new football coach, and in his kind of his little announcement, he mentioned that that people have told him how how close of a community it is, where it's you know just because you know if the football coach is gonna you know. He's doing football, but just the soccer coach is going to support him. The baseball coach, the people that, you know, played those other sports besides football, they're going to support. We're all, we want sports high school to, you know, to win in all sports. We want it to academically, you know, we want those kids, you know, you know to be you know, having those 4.0 GPAs, getting full ride scholarships, things like that, of, you know, chasing the dreams where you know, I remember when I was at the high school and, you know, we're there's, a, there's a label that comes with all of those things where we're, we're Oh, we're an inner city school. We're not going to do much. And I can tell you a list of not only my friends that I personally know, but a list of alumni that have changed the world into the day. And if we haven't changed the world, we're going to. And that's something that, you know, we, we took care of each other. hundred percent, not just in the classroom, but outside of that. And to this day, we take care of each other. And it's, I don't know, at least I don't know any other school, but from talking to my other friends, that's not a thing that they have at other schools. And so we're special over here at Sparks High School, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, I think throughout this uh, interview, you have certainly spoken to this, but I would love to know if there's any other reason you have why you're proud to be a railroader.
1: Oh, you know, it's, it's you know, maroon and gold flows through me. Like, you know, I'm wearing a Sparks High School shirt <laughs> on. Now I walked in with a hat. The other day I walked somewhere and I, I forgot where I was at. And someone's like, oh, you don't have any Sparks High clothes on. And it's just normal for me to have maroon and gold on at any given time, especially in winter. I think all my sweaters are maroon and gold.
0: I mean, they're good colors.
1: <laughs> they are hundred <laughs> um, percent. And that's, you know, that's just something that I enjoy. I enjoy um, the other night at Taco Bell. There's a guy he's he's, gra- he just graduated from Sparkside. He recognized me because I do some photos for him. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like we, now the next time I saw him, he's like, out oh, back again. And I'm like, yeah, like we can chat. Like, it's cool just to run into people in the community um, that are wearing maroon and gold. And I remember riding the marina the, just the other night. I saw a guy and I yelled at him and I was like, "Sparks High School." The next lap, I was like, "Once a railroader, and he finished the line of always a railroader." And I don't hear—no you know, offense to Reed High School—I don't hear "once a Raider, always a Raider," which it's just—it's a, a saying across for any school. Oh, easy yeah. to plug it in. Yeah. Um, but I just don't—I don't hear that anywhere else. And that's something I think going back to a question you asked earlier about how that how that's going on at the school right now how that uh, that community feeling where I, whenever I have a mic I will guarantee you I will end whatever I'm saying with once a railroad always railroad I want that seed planted because it's I want those kids to know when they're walking well, as soon as they walk through those halls at, at senior year and even if they don't make it through senior year if they're juniors, sophomores and something happens in life and they're not able to complete they're still railroaders in my eyes there's still a community here ready to help ready to support, um, and it's forever. It's life. It's not just a few years. We're here. We're in this together. And, you know, I think those kids, I, I they get it hundred percent. And, you know, there's some young, young, amazing student athletes as well as just students that are in there that they understand what that meaning actually means. And it, I, I don't think you can put it into words, how it feels and unless you, unless you are in it. So
0: that's excellent. And you had mentioned earlier putting on your political hat. Um, uh-huh. I would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that you are on the city council and we previously had Charlene Bybee come on and speak about her ward. So how did you get involved in city council and how long have you been there and what are your favorite aspects of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I got involved. Like I said, it wasn't a high you know, going back in high school, everyone thinks I was student body president or some role there. Like I said earlier, I was not. I, Kind of keep the stories short as the best I can. Um, I had a really bad motorcycle accident when I was twenty. I uh, Got careflighted off Virginia City off the the truck route up there. You um, bless my mother's heart. My hu- my dad was at St. Mary's getting a pacemaker defibrillator put in, and I'm being careflieded to renown with internal bleeding and some other issues. Bless her heart for having t- for having to take care of both of us. Oh that's, my gosh. That's a unique story. I, I chuckle at it because. There's some humor, and, but it yeah, wasn't so funny for my mother at the time. I'll for sure say that one. Um, so with that moment, you know, that moment financially set me back a lot, but it, it allowed me to, to realize that tomorrow's not promised and that I need to live my life because I wasn't ready to die yet. I wasn't ready to die. on It was June 6, uh, 2010, and that wasn't ready yet, I will say, you know, every, since then I've learned to live life to its fullest and running for office is a chance. It's a big chance. You know, you're putting stuff out there where you could lose. And it's, it's not just when you apply for a normal job and it's just you and your employer, potential employer knows that you didn't get it. The whole city knows <laughs> the whole community, your Go friends, ahead. everyone knows that you lost or you won. Hopefully that's the goal. Um, and so I learned, you know, like I said that, that accident, I was like, well, I gotta take some chances And, you know, I love Sparks, 100%. I thought about running for mayor in 2014. Uh, Gino knows this. I wasn't mad at him. I just thought it'd be cool. And it sounds silly, but I had no idea. I had really no idea what you do as mayor or even a city council member. Um, When I ran in 2016, I actually, I talked to Julia Ratty. Uh, She was a city councilwoman at the time. And she kind of picked her brain a little bit. She put me on an advisory board. And then I changed my mind, like I do a lot of my life. I changed my mind. And I was like, I'm going to open my photography business. I'm going to you know, have a legitimate business. I'm going to pursue that. I'm not going to run for city council. And there's a two-week period in March where you can file for office. And I woke up that Friday. Um, oh, actually, that whole week, too, I'm asking my mother. I'm like, mother, should I run? Should I not? My mother gave me some of the best advice that I did not agree with at that current moment. <laughs> she would not give. She would not give me an answer. She told me, you got to choose what you got to do. Like what you want to do, you have to commit yourself. I can't commit for you. And I committed that Friday morning. I woke up, I went to work, and it's like, it was a slow day as like, I'm checking out. I'm going to go file, I'm going to run for office. Most politicians or potential politicians that are or candidates that are going to run usually have a website, have business cards, signs. I had nothing. <laughs> I just showed up, I signed the paper, I had everything by about one o'clock. But I had no idea what I was doing. Legitimately, I was I Googled how to run for office that year. Um, I didn't know we got paid when I signed up. I thought it was just a volunteer gig. I thought we just did city council. I didn't know we had to serve on these other boards and commissions outside of city council. So there's a lot more to it than I thought. Um, I remember that after I won, it was like kind of like inauguration day, like swearing in. They told me I got health insurance. And I, if you want to see someone excited at <laughs> 26 years old, after he... I mean, my, my accident was, I think, $25,000. And hmm. you're telling me I have health insurance? I was a pretty excited person that day. <laughs> you know, the, the salary was nice, but ha- not having to worry if I got care it again, quite nice.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a bonus for <laughs> sure. So, you know, there's no doubt that I didn't do the job. You know, the job, I wasn't chasing a paycheck. I was chasing my community, you know, the community that I grew up in, the c- community that's raised me to be the person I am. I wanted to get back, and, you know, I was fortunate that I won that election, and it turned out I'm the youngest council person ever for the city of Sparks with that election. I was 26, and I think I still am probably the youngest ever in Sparks, but, you know, that's not a title that I want to hold on forever. I would love, you know, I would love for any kid, uh, but, you know, being a little partial to my high school at Sparks (laughs) High, I would love a Sparks High School kid, uh, you know, to chase that dream, you know, Um, where... We all want to make change in the world. And retweeting something or resharing on Facebook is cool. For the most part, you know, you're, people are just going to be probably battling you back and forth in the comments section. But you can make real change by getting involved in your community, right? You can serve on a board and commission. You can run for public office, you know. there's You can run for any public office except for president as soon as you're 18, as long as you can vote. And that's something that I truly wish that, you know, more more of our young students and younger. Uh, Human beings, just uh, kind of involved, get in there, and you know, realize that voting is a legitimate process. You can win. I, I one of the best parts actually of running for office is getting some of my friends, people I went to high school with, that have never voted, because they just, you know, in quotes, I'm putting, you know, they, their vote doesn't count, and absolutely, their vote does count. Um, you know, my very first election, I think I won by like 650 votes out of 37,666. Wow. And so that one, you know, those one votes add up real quick. Yeah. You know, it's like 0.48% I won by. Um, So, you know, their vote does count. It was really cool to be able to get people into the ballot box for their, actually some of them their first time. And we can talk about the other items. You know, I'm not trying to persuade them one way or the other, but I'm like, hey, these are, here's the facts. You can research it and let's talk. And that's been hands down probably one of the best parts of kind of running for office of just, getting people involved into the whole process. And we can make change and help our city into the day.
0: That's excellent. And I think that segues nicely into our big three questions. This is what we always end on with each of our guests. And I think of all the guests that we've had so far, I've been most excited to ask you this first question of what sparks you about Sparks, since you're such an advocate for the city and so proud of your heritage with it. What what makes it a unique place to live, work, and visit?
1: Yeah. You know, that question is a, a great question. Cause I think there's, I could give you a whole paragraph. I could write probably a novel on that, but if I was going to just narrow it down, it'd be the, what sparks me the most about Sparks is the people. The people make this community as amazing as it is. The people of they choose to live here in Sparks. You know, this is a, it's a community. It's, it's home or uh, family oriented where, you know, the, there's, you can raise a family here. You take care of each other. You know, it's not the hustle and bustle of, you know, no offense, I call Reno West Sparks. Um, <laughs> but it's not the hustle and bustle of over there. We're, I'm not saying we're all tortoises by no means. But, you know, we we go to the, we shop local. We try to keep it, you know, in our neighborhood. Um, we try to, you know, take care of each other. You know, we're, we're looking after our neighbors. We're, we're just loving each other, which sounds probably fairly simple, but... There's a reason why so many people call Sparks home. You know, it's growing pretty quick, which the secret's out that, you know, this is a place where you want to call home and we want to you know love each other and take care of each other. So that's what sparks me about Sparks.
0: That's excellent. Now, second question. Do you have a favorite story or moment from Sparks's history? This could be either a personal memory or a story that you've heard that you feel is significant that you'd love to share.
1: Yeah, so there's a list of stories. You know, one that I thought first, um, I remember getting my very first strike at Greenbrae, uh, Greenbrae Lanes. Um, I remember going up to the Sixes. Uh, the Sixes are where Wedek and mine used to be. And remember when it got shut down because they found dynamite. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but one of my like favorite stories and one of my favorite locations, well, it is my favorite location in town, is Longford Park. Uh, Longford Park is on the corner of Greenbury and Boise, uh, just west of McCarran, and Longford Park is where I grew up playing sports. Um, all my a lot of my close friends lived right in that neighborhood, so we could w- walk to the, from their house to the park, play basketball, tennis, football, ultimate frisbee, capture the flag. We built igloos at that park. Igloo singular, sorry. Uh, <laughs> had snowball fights. We you know we called ourselves Park Friends. That was a name that our little group had. You know, we'd have people show up that weren't that normally didn't come to the park. We'd play them. We'd play as a team of park friends versus them. It was, it was just a place where we became some of the best friends I have to this day uh, from that park. And turns out it's named after our sister city, Longford, Ireland. Who I, which I had no idea at the oh, time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I was fortunate uh, after I got elected. We went to Longford. Uh, we went to Ireland as a whole, but we also got to go to Longford. And it's now a county. and There's not a town anymore. But it was just so neat to be able to go to a spot that's named after a, a park that I grew up at, and to this day, it's my favorite park and it's in So City of Sparks. Sally's not in Ward One, which is what I represent, but it's still in Sparks, and I do love it. Do love it dearly. Wow.
0: So. And last question, since this is a museum podcast, and we are a museum that is constantly looking for new stories. Uh, new memories, new artifacts. Um, If there was one thing that you could donate or share with us um, that you would want to be a part of the museum's permanent collection, either something that you personally own or something that you know about, what would it be and why?
1: So that was a hard one because I feel like I've donated most of the items that I already have (laughs) to the museum uh, that I would like. And so kind of getting my thinking cap on, you know, we talked really about Sparks High School Hall of Fame. You know, there's a list of individuals that are alive, and sadly, some have passed. That are that are on that list. It might be kind of cool to be able to borrow maybe the plaques from the high school. Uh, we have every all Hall of Fame plaques are at the high school in the Hall of Fame room, mm. so we have all those, and maybe even do just a temporary display of all them and have maybe some type of get together. I, I don't know if we have to have a, you know, where everyone gets five minutes to speak to say hello and you know to see each other, but. It'd be kind of neat to get, you know, be able to get Gino down there and, you know, Sean Carey is our old city manager and people like that, they're still around and they can see each other and kind of give a, like, I would not say the last hoorah, but get everyone together. It shows, you know, this is the history of Spark's Eye. These are the people that have either walked these halls as students or um, admin or teachers. Um, and so, you know, pretty you know, Kindle going back in time a little bit, you know, I have to give a shout out to Kendall DePoli. Uh, she was the principal back when the hall of fame started, I believe it was one of her ideas that she came to the alumni to kind of get this all started. So without her, I wouldn't even be able to have this conversation about one of this, this idea of having a little hall of fame thing for Sparks high school. uh, people
0: there. That would be excellent. Well, I don't know that 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 that's quite an idea. We may look (laughs) forward to that in the future. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This was truly a delight to have you here. And I would love uh, to at least start off the famous saying that you were teasing earlier. Once a railroader.
1: Always a railroader.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Donald. Thank you. Sparks Museum Podcast is funded in part by a grant from the Nevada Humanities and the National Endowment for the Humanities. It is produced and recorded at the podcast recording studio at Sparks' own Ant co Coworking Entrepreneurial Hub, a place for entrepreneurs made by entrepreneurs. We really want to get the word out about our brand new audio series, so please spread the word about our new podcast by taking a moment to rate, review, and share this episode. Do you have a favorite story of Sparks that you want to hear on the podcast? Email info at sparksmuseum.org to share any recommendations. We would love to hear from you. We also invite you to visit the Sparks Heritage Museum on 814 Victorian Avenue. The museum is open Tuesdays through Saturdays, from 11 to 4 Tuesdays through Fridays, and 1 to 4 on Saturdays. Please come visit and be a part of our ongoing efforts to tell the Sparks story. We'll see you next time.